What's up, everybody? You're listening to the one and only T-Mac-inspired podcast. Listen as she sits down with regular people to discuss the ideas, the ideas, the opportunities, the opportunities, and the wealth-building strategies that they're taking advantage of so the rest of us can do the same. Soho. T-Mac. How you doing? I'm blessed. How are you? Better than blessed. I'm now excited. that I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, man. Everybody knows I like to start off. I like to start out hard, right? Let's, let's do it. How did you feel when you saw somebody getting shot in front of you? It was very frightening but also eye-opening it's my first time ever actually seeing it i think especially in my neighborhood you you hear about somebody getting shot you go to their go to their funeral but you never saw it so being 15 and actually seeing the bullets hit his body and him run and stop in front of my gate was kind of like this just happened and um you know, seeing his girlfriend come down, seeing his mother, his brother, we all lived on the same block. They chased him onto the block. And, um, you know, he just fell right in front of my gate. I was just looking at him and I'm like, I didn't, you know, you're in shock. You don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, finding out that he died and then going to his funeral was kind of like, like, this is a, like, he's, he's gone. I'm never going to see him again. And mm-hmm. I think um, it was a big eye opener, really just for me. And I said, um, I don't, I don't want to be a part of that equation. Yeah. I know you said you guys were, uh, you lived in the same neighborhood, mm-hmm. same block. And uh, he, yeah, yeah, he lived in the corner. I lived in the middle of the block, and the people who killed him lived around the corner. Hmm. That close. Did you no longer feel safe where you were? I never felt safe, but I think like. That happening right then and there, I wanted to move uh, immediately. But we didn't because we were used to it, which is crazy. Okay. So, so you were 15, 14, 15? 14, 15, around there. It was 14, 15. Just, just before my dad died, I remember that. So, yeah. You lived a normal, 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 quote unquote normal. life up normal until life. then. So you, yeah. you, you saw that. That's huge. Saw that. Saw that. And um, everything changed, really. So what happened between uh, that incident and graduating high school? Oh, so that incident, uh, so that was in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Ninth, ninth grade, eighth, eighth ninth grade. Uh, started high school. And no, no, no. That happened in the summer. Summer before high school. So I turned 15 in September. Mm-hmm. Uh, first year, first half of the semester, high school's great. Meeting all the girls, right? Excited, having fun. Uh, June comes around, right? June 3rd. Father says, I'm not feeling it. This is the end of ninth grade year, first year of high school. And mm-hmm. this is a routine. We go to the hospital. He stays for two days. We leave. June 3rd. Uh, morning of June 3rd, we take him to the hospital. You know, I skip, I think uh, school was out or maybe just getting out. Take him to the hospital. 
we're hanging out, we're doing what we normally do. We get him a room, you know, get some food, we just chill. I'm on at the time was called a PSP. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but it's PSP. Mm-hmm. And um, just playing PSP. He says, go home, you know, so you can go to school tomorrow. And I was like, uh, no. Like, what do you mean? He was like, yeah, just, just go home. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just get some rest, go to school tomorrow. I'm like, uh, all right, dad. So I leave the morning of June, the afternoon, afternoon morning of June 3rd. It was still pretty early when I left. And, um, you know, I go about my day as usual, mm-hmm. go to school. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go back to the hospital after school just to, you know, because my school already knew I was coming late. I, I was always going to the hospital with my dad. Mm-hmm. And um, after school, went home. I got tired. I'm like, let me take a nap. So I ate my snacks, took a nap. I had a whole routine I did. Didn't do my homework. 12 a.m., it's now June 4th. I hear stomping. And yelling. Now my sister was in the army. She was home, off deployment. I I knew this was different. Now I thought her and her boyfriend were fighting. Mm-hmm. That's how hard she was stomping. Mm-hmm. I run upstairs. My sister, remember, she's in the military. So she's very like uh, flexible and tactical and stuff. She jumped from the top of the steps to the bottom, meaning when I got to her, the floor where her room is, she had just jumped. So I thought. She's trying to kill herself. No, she jumped and started running to the train station. So I'm like, what in the world is happening? I run back downstairs and I forgot I had my cell phone and I called my mother. So I called my mother. I live, I live with my dad and my stepmother, but my mom, we still, you know, we were talking at the time. I'm running to the kitchen. And for some reason, when my mother picked up the phone, I said, I think something happened to my father. Mm. As I said that, I turned around. My stepmother's there bawling. And she said, baby, your father just died. Mm. So my mom heard it. She's screaming. My stepmother's screaming. And I'm like, like, what, wait, what? Like, it didn't register. So I go to the living room. I sit down. My mom is still crying because that's, that's technically her ex-husband. Uh-huh. And my stepmother is crying and yelling. And so it wasn't until my brother came and grabbed me that it registered like, yo, your father just died. Uh-huh. And so that was the groundbreaking, life-changing moment. And, and that's why, you know, when your friend dies, it wakes you up. But when your father dies, life really changes. So it's kind of like that moment. Uh, so within within mm-hmm. what, a year or two? Within a year from, or two. From, from you the, witnessing from the, somebody else get shot yep, and killed to yep. now your dad. Now my, now um, my dad. Asked, now you're 14, 15. Mm-hmm. 14, 15. You've already experienced something that a lot of us have not ever experienced. Right. Witnessing somebody um, being shot and killed mm-hmm. and then experiencing mm-hmm. the death of your father. Mm-hmm. You already not feeling safe there. Right. Um, but then after your father dies, as a kid, you're still a kid. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you, what happened after that to the time you graduated high school? Like, cause I know you as Soho, the real estate yeah. mogul, right? Right. <laughs> real estate guru. That's what I know you as. That's right. who I know you as. Right. Right. But there was something 
I don't want people to to miss out and to think, oh, he has this or he he knows all about real estate. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's doing his thing. He's this. He's that. Right. Like you just woke up like this. You right. had to overcome some things to become who you are today. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And and we're here for the people. Mm-hmm. And I want the people to know who Soho is. What Soho yeah. had to go through. How you had to. Uh, succumb to certain things and environments to get where you are. Right. So what happens? What happens after your dad dies? After dad dies, my grandmother says, you're coming to live with me. Okay. Now that was the best thing that actually ever happened in my life for two reasons. Okay. My grandmother was a praying woman Mm -hmm. and she was a great chef. So all I heard was, oh, amazing (laughs) dinner every night. And I get my own room, like my entire, like I get this big room. My grandmother had a three bedroom. Uh, it was, so we owned the entire building. I'm going to set the presidents of, of this house. It was a parsonage. Now, a parsonage, for those who don't know, is connected to a church. Mm-hmm. My, my grandfather and my father owned the church. When, okay. my, when they died, it went to my grandmother. Okay. Okay. So we owned a huge mega church, but that's the Memorial Baptist Church, one of Brooklyn's literal landmark churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, survived the fire and everything. Um, it was on the news. My family is very famous. Like if you know, you know. Um, and so in the parsonage, we lived on the te- technically the second floor. We turned mm-hmm. the basement into an apartment, and then we have floors two and three. Uh, we owned the entire building. So we went in. Mm-hmm. She gives me, she gives, she tried to give me the back room. I said, I don't want the back room because the view doesn't look good. I want the front room where I can see the street. <laughs> so, you know, she gave me the front room. She cleaned it out. And she said, listen, I want you to stay here with me. I want you to, you know, you know, work on your craft. Remember, I was a drummer. And, um, and she said, you know, you're going you're to be fine. But I want you to finish high school. She said, that's very important. She would tell me that all the time. Just, just please finish high school. Stay focused. So 10th grade comes around. I start smelling myself a little bit. You know what that means? Uh-huh. So now I'm, you know, I go to the barbershop alone, you know, and I'm like, okay, I look pretty good when I get my hair cut. So now I'm learning about hygiene. You know, you, know, you start playing basketball, you know, a little more. You start growing, you know, getting friends and you stink. So I'm like, well, I don't like the way I smell. So I'm like, well, what can I do to make myself smell good? All I do is put on deodorant. I meet a man by the name of George Davis at the high school, George Davis. Um, and a lot of people who, who know him know he's now connected to Nas, the rapper. Mm-hmm. Uh, they work in the same camp. George Davis worked at Def Jam, him and his wife, Jennifer. They were, um, I know Jennifer deals with like the finance at Def Jam and George dealt with like the artists and stuff. So, George starts working at my school and he becomes a father figure immediately. Like as soon as we lay eyes on each other, I smile, he smiles. What's up, kid? I'm George, right? I'm Gio is, is what, how you introduce yourself. And that began a relationship that still exists today. Okay, so Gio, you know, he starts talking to me, me about like working out and, you know, how to get a girl and how to be cool around the girls, but how to keep school first. And that's how we built our relationships. I told him, like, hey, my grandmother said I got to graduate. And he was like, I got you. You're going to graduate. 
So he teaches me about cologne and showering twice a day. You know, if you work out, whatever, brushing your teeth twice uh-huh. a day, really uh-huh. taking care of yourself as a young man. Uh-huh. And then I learned about style. So I'm like, oh, all right, George can dress. So I met George. And then I met another gentleman by the name of Mr. Richard Price. Now, Mr. Richard Price, I always compare him to Fonsworth Bentley. So okay. if you guys know who Fonsworth Bentley is, the super stylist guy who worked for Diddy, that was to he was to him what Richard Price was to me. I would okay. see Richard Price, I would see his suits, and I'd say, man, I want to look like that someday. Never happened back then, but it happened later on. So those two gentlemen, along with Ron Jackson, uh, Miss Una Kareem Cross, Kelly Eiffel, and a host of other teachers really shaped my entire high school experience because they were all black. They were all black, and they were the first time I ever had black teachers. For, for the first time in my life, I had black teachers. Now, did you let me ask you? Please. Did you feel safe? I did. Was that a safe period in your life? It was a safe period in my life. Because technically, so, so the thing between the thing with my mom is that my mom lived in Atlanta. Mm. Right? So it's, it's not that she wasn't active. It's just it's only but so much you can do from another state. Uh-huh. So I chose parents at school. So uh-huh. George was my dad. Una Kareem was my mom. Uh, Jackson was my uncle. Right. Isaac <laughs> Mills was like the cool cousin. He came. He was young. And um, also Isaac Mills and Richard Price were fraternity brothers. So I had that, that was my first time even hearing about college and like fraternities and all, all of these things. And um, it just all sounded cool. So, you know, I had an environment around me where no matter what was, what was happening outside of the school, because the school was right across the street from the project, uh-huh. uh, we always felt safe. Always felt safe. And um, that experience started molded me into loving my blackness, loving black women, right? I, I wasn't really paying attention to girls like that, you know, uh-huh. before that. And I wasn't really interested. I just really wanted to make a lot of money. But it never happened. So I was always hungry, always trying to figure out how to make some money. But they they put my focus on being black, being smart. And so I started to become aware of why paying attention in school was important. I started to become aware of why respecting other people was important. Because when you're in the type of environment I was, it's easy to not care about respect. And that's just being honest. It's easy to not care about respecting others. But you demand it for yourself because you feel tough. You feel like, the, you know, you're big and bad. So you're going to demand your respect, but you're not going to always give it. And, you know, so Gotham let me ask really. You, let me yeah. ask you this. Let me cut you off. Let yeah. me ask you. It's okay. Yeah. What, what made you want to get started in real estate? How did you get on that path? We had, So my first introduction was career day at high school. The only person to show up in a suit was a real estate agent. So I said to him, as soon as I walked in, he spoke for like 30 seconds because of how we had it. We had it in the back, in the back end classroom, which is like right behind the science room. It's this big room, no tables, all chairs. So we're sitting in the chairs, and the real estate agent speaks. Nobody's paying attention to him, but he looks really nice, like sharp. So I stop him. I'm like, yo, you look. It's a nice suit, man. He's like, where'd you get it from? He said, it's custom. And he showed me his cuff with his name on it. And I said, oh, <laughs> this is cool. He handed me a business card. He said, I do real estate. He said, as soon as you graduate, call me. 
I didn't call did him. You? Did you? Did you? Did you? No, I didn't call him. I didn't call him. I didn't call him. When and did I, you see him again? And I wish I never saw him again, which is crazy. I don't remember his name and I never saw him again. But he said, when you graduate, call me. Now, I'm going to tell you why he said that. Because when you turn 18 is when you're eligible to go and get your real estate license in New York City. Uh-huh. So he knew that by the time I graduated, I was going to be 18. Uh-huh. I could just get my license and come work. Uh-huh. But I, uh-huh. I never saw him again. Now, that was in 11th grade that that happened. 12th grade, into 12th grade, uh, I'm walking maybe to the to store or something. I'm downtown, me and a friend, we got separated. I'm going home. Uh, and I'm like, you know, I want to go to the store. And as I'm reaching in my pocket, I get bumped by this random guy. And when you're from Brooklyn, you get bumped. That means you want to fight. So I back up. I'm in motion. I'm like, yo, what's up? And he, he just keeps saying, calm down. And I'm like, and nobody's ever told me to calm down. Like, they just they just get ready to fight. So I'm like angry, but I'm like, I'm calming down. Like, because I'm like, he's not being aggressive. So I'm like, oh, this is weird. Like, what do I do? Because I, I want to fight, but he doesn't. So I'm looking, and he's like, yo, relax, relax. And he's like, yo, why are you rushing, man? He's, he's a nice, you know, suited black man. He smells good. He's got his glasses on. He's got folders and stuff. He's like, yo, why, 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 why are you rushing, man? Where are you going? And so now I'm like, I'm loosening up a bit. And I'm like, yo, I'm trying to go to the store. You just bought me. He's like, I'm sorry. And I was like, did this, did this guy just say sorry to me? Because, like, we don't come from that. Like. You demand right, your respect. Right, 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 so right, right. He he said sorry, and I was like, "It's okay." And he was like, uh, "So I said, well, where, where, where are you going? Like, why, why are you rushing?" He said, "I'm going to a rooster closing. You want to come?" I was like, "Sure." And he took me to rooster closing. He happened to be a real estate lawyer. Okay, so you 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 meet a guy. Mm-hmm who is in real estate. He's mm-hmm. an agent. You he's have a real an estate, He's a real estate lawyer. No, 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 not him. The first oh, one. first one. Yep, the agent. Yep, so yep, then you yep, have agent. an encounter with him mm-hmm. that sticks out, you know, mm-hmm. the custom soups and custom all that. Soup. Yep. Then you have another encounter just mm-hmm. like out of the blue mm-hmm. um, with the real estate attorney. Mm-hmm. He invites you to go to closing and we know people in real estate know what goes on at the closing table. So you get mm-hmm. to see you get to see a, a, a live deal go down. Close. Mm-hmm. Close means everybody getting paid. Yeah. Right? Everybody's yep, getting yep, paid. Yep. Yeah. I can almost imagine you in the 11th grade. Mm-hmm. This this was 12th grade. I mean 12th grade, senior, grade. senior in now, high school. Yeah, now I'm a senior high school. Um seeing the remnants of real estate, not mm-hmm. understanding, but just seeing the remnants of mm-hmm. being in real estate, you know, mm-hmm. agent, custom suits, yep. you know, you get, get to the closing table, you see in this transaction, mm-hmm. 12th grade. How do you feel now? Well, first I was excited because I kept saying to him, yo, this is the thing the guy was telling me about last year. This is real estate. He was like, yeah, it's very normal. Like, yeah, it's, Everybody does it. I'm like, no, but like, yeah, I just met uh, 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 an agent. He was like, yeah, you're probably going to be one. Just, you know, chill out. But I'm like all excited because I'm like, yeah, you know, and I'm like, you know, trying to remember the guy's name. I mean, 
you know, do you know him? He had like these, because, you know, I don't know that real estate is like a universal thing. I just thought maybe they knew each other because he's an agent. He's a lawyer. Yo, listen, I just met this guy. He had a suit. Yeah, he had like his name on the cufflinks. And here's the defining moment. He said he had his what? He said he had his, his name on his, uh, on his, and he went like that. And he had the same thing. He said, we all have it, brother. We all make money. And he laughed. <laughs> and I was like, wait. So both of y'all got custom shirts? I want one. I'm in. And that was that was the beginning. That was the beginning. That The actual truth of why I got started in real estate. I Let me ask a- you this. Yes. But your family had real estate. They owned a church. I didn't, I didn't know. I, I didn't know like that was real estate. I just I, knew like it. it felt more like we were in charge. You know, and got it was it. a routine. You know, you go to your grandfather's church, you go into your mm-hmm. grandmother's house. You're not mm-hmm. thinking about it from a real estate point of view. Mm-hmm. From ownership. From ownership. I was just well, thinking about it as all that. Yeah. So I'm just looking at it as that's grandma's house. That's mm-hmm. grandma's other house. Grandpa has a house down south. Dad has two houses here, and we have a church. So do you know? Do you know this? Do you know that mm-hmm. you, this is what you're supposed to be doing? Now it's in I your do. DNA. Yeah. Now I do. Like as I got older, I realized I was doing real estate my entire life. I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. I've actually met. Uh, realtors a few times in my life and if I were to say their names people would be like oh like yeah that's a realtor like if, if, if I could remember you know the person I used to call my aunt for example before she passed or, or, or if I could not my actual aunt but you know someone that I knew that I called my aunt and, and I remember my actual aunt who also passed you know her her telling me yeah you know grandma has a realtor friend who's going to sell our property in South Carolina Right. Or if I could remember the gentleman who helped my father sell one of his properties when he wanted some more money, small things like that. When I hear the stories again, I'm like, man, that's, that's we've been in real estate the whole time. We've owned real estate the whole time. So I was literally destined to do this. We owned one of the most one of the, one of the most expensive landmarks in Brooklyn, like this entire time. And I just didn't know it from that point of view. So what do you, I mean, so it's, I'm, I'm going to play the devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. So for people who are wanting to get into real estate, like right now, mm-hmm. listening to your story right now, they're like, well, he was born in a real estate, you know, whether he right. knew it or not, he's right. always had real estate. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is something, he, you know, he was surrounded by it. Mm-hmm. But what I want, what I see here because I, I see it from a different view right. is you could have taken those traumatic things that happened to you mm-hmm. in your, in your early teens mm-hmm. and you could have done something totally different. Right. right? You could have mm-hmm. said, you know, nobody's here. You know, I lost this person. I saw mm-hmm. this and lost my dad. I, you, mm-hmm. you could have done something totally different, totally different. Mm-hmm. But your environment mm-hmm. kept you safe, even when you didn't 
when you weren't in a physical safe place per se. Mm -hmm. Your environment kept you safe. Mm -hmm. And another thing I I heard you say was that you made up a family in your head Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with the people that were in your life. Yeah. Of course, you didn't know the significance of that at the time. Right. But what I hear you saying is I have I had a very, very strong mind. Mm-hmm. I controlled my mind. Mm-hmm. I couldn't control the situations and the circumstances. Yep. But I had a mindset mm-hmm. to win. Yeah. Yep. That was because there's a lot, a lot of us. We've gone through a lot of things. And when we see someone like a Soho, mm-hmm. we think, oh, he's always had it or da 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 da. No, right. it's the mindset that you had mm-hmm. that you continue. No matter what you do, it could be mm-hmm. real estate, right? It could be, I don't know, a law. You could be a lawyer, you could be a doctor, right. it could be anything. Yeah. But it's the mindset yep. that you have that keeps you going and keeps yep. you growing and keeps you. Your pockets lined, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, it it really hit me. It hit me hard when you 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 pretty much said I made up my family in my head. Yeah. So I, you know, this guy I met. He was uncle so and so in my in my mind. Yeah. You know, yeah. the teachers were auntie so and so in my mind. Yeah. So you you created you mm-hmm. literally created your life. Yep. No matter what happened to you. You created this life for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what people need to know. Yeah. Because I, I did the same. I don't know if you know this, but I did the same. Wow. I created, I was a, a I was a school teacher when I was about, I don't know, eight, eight years old. I would mm-hmm. have a board behind me, which mm-hmm. was not a board. It was just my wall. Right. And mm-hmm. I had teach, I had little little kids like imaginary kids and I I was writing on my my board and I was teaching them things. Mm-hmm. I did the same thing. Yeah. And and what people do is they try when we're kids and when we're teenagers, mm-hmm. we have very wild imaginations mm-hmm. and we live, we create a life and a world inside of our heads and That's we true. have gurus and we have, you know, other people that what what do they do they crush our dreams yep tell you can't do it make you believe it's impossible and that's the biggest thing that's standing out to me you your mindset Mm. so when you can do that at 15 at 16 And then at 17, when God starts really shaping some things up for you and putting the people mm-hmm. in your in your life, mm-hmm. your mind, you had already worked on that mindset. Probably didn't mm-hmm. think about it. I'm sure you right. didn't. Yeah. So so now what happens when things come your way? Because don't I don't want people to think just because you're successful, things don't happen. Right. How do you overcome those things? So at the end of um so the, around the same time I met the uh, real estate attorney, my brother gets killed. Mm. So, so that, so that happening reminded me of the shooting I saw. Mm. Now mm-hmm. I didn't see my brother get killed. I was there right after. And, and this may sound crazy, but 
I, I was hurt, obviously, but I was more so like, I have to get out the hood. Mm. That was the moment I said, okay, I need to go. Like, I need to do something and get out of here. And at the time, I could only think about real estate. Like, I just, with that, what that guy showed me, in, in my head, what the guy showed me, like, I want his lifestyle because he doesn't look like he goes through what I go through. Mm-hmm. So I call him. His name was Tim. I called Tim and I said, listen, um, can you help me get started in real estate? And he said, well, you know, how much money are you making right now? I'm like, not a lot. You know, I just I just graduated. I don't have anything, really. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you know, you're probably not going to be, be able to get your license um, until you turn 18. Because I didn't turn 18 until September which was technically supposed to be the start of college. Uh-huh. So this is now in the summer. And so he says, well, do you want to wholesale? I'm like, well, what is that? He's, he's laughing again. He's like, oh, man, you really you really don't know real estate. You he's real like, green. You green yeah. green. Right, right, right. So he's like, all right, look. He's like, look, here's what I'm going to do. He says, I'm going to charge you, and I want everybody to focus on this. I'm going to charge you $500, and I'm going to teach you how to wholesale. I'm like, where am I supposed to get $500 from? Your first deal. I didn't know that, though. I didn't know that. So (laughs) I'm like, so I'm calling everybody. I need $500. He's like, no, 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 no. Just just show up on Wednesday. I vividly remember this Wednesday. So I've got, I think it was was $11. And I remember I hopped the train turnstile. I took the train for free. Now, those who are in New York know that that basically means I didn't pay. I just jumped over the, the little rail thing to jump on the train. And thankfully, the train was coming. Took the train down to Wall Street. And uh, I went to his training. I had $11. I went to Two Bros Pizza. Everybody in New York knows what that is. It's a dollar pizza. It's a dollar a slice. I got the two slices for, you know, two slices in the soda that comes with it. It's about two bucks or so. And I ate that and I was outside and I, I vividly still remember saying this and I say this every single time I tell people the story. I said, when I come out of here, I'm not going to be the same. You knew it. I knew it. Because being on Wall Street excited me in a way that I, that I cannot really explain. I had uh-huh. never seen so many people in suits. I had uh-huh. never seen so many expensive cars. Remember, I'm from Brooklyn. Never mm-hmm. been outside of Brooklyn. Mm. So just getting on the train for the first time to go to Wall Street, I'm seeing money. And it was at that moment I said, you know what? When I come out of here, I'm not going to be the same. That was my way of saying an affirmation. Before I knew it, yeah, it was that. That was truly an affirmation. That, that was Again, my affirmation. back to mindset. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and I remember saying that because I was seeing quotes. You know, there's a lot of quotes. You know, posted in New York City. I would see quotes, and I said, "Man, this is very different from Brooklyn." And I just, I just kept saying it because, because I was also, you know, praying. You know, I did believe in God, and I do credit God for everything, especially those moments. But that particular moment. That was kind of my prayer slash affirmation. I said, when I come out of here, I'm not going to be the same. And I remember saying that with the $8 I had left in my hand, because it was the change 
from paying for the pizza. And I was looking at it, eating the pizza, and I was like, you know what? This is not going to be like this always, so we're good. I went inside, sat down, and I was the only Black kid in the room. Only Black kid in the room. And here's where it gets very interesting. I learned how to wholesale. And there was a kid from my high school. He was white. Seeing these guys made me reach out to him and say, hey, you know, what are you up to? Let's start hanging out. Now, we start hanging out. Now, actually, I stand corrected. Me and him met in 2010. We were already cool, but he hadn't spoken to me about investing in, in anything at the time. I just knew he was doing something like weird. He mentioned Bitcoin in 2010, uh-huh. but I hadn't invested in 2010. Uh-huh. Okay, so let's, let's go back a little bit. 2010, I meet a friend named Matt. Matt is the white kid I was telling you about. We hang out at lunch here and there, but he wasn't like my friend. He was just somebody you know at high school. I would always see him and two I thought they were into anime because the anime kids were the nerds and they sat separate. They didn't bother nobody. They were doing cryptocurrency. Well, they were trying to learn. Matt says, you know what? Because when I asked him, like, what's up? He says, yo, we're trying to buy Bitcoin, but we don't know how much to buy. And I was like, wait, what? what trying to buy what? He was like, Bitcoin. I'm like, what is Bitcoin? So I start mocking him. I'm not going to say what I was saying, but I start mocking him. And he was like, yo, just let's meet up at the school. I'll tell you what it is. So he takes me to the house. We're in Long Island. Those of you who know, we're near Babylon. So we get up, get up to LIRR, go to his house. His father at the time has a Mercedes Benz, a BMW, and a white car. I cannot remember what the white car was. <laughs> the white car, the luxury I, car. It was, it was a luxury, <laughs> it was a luxury car. car. It was I'm very sure. nice. I just don't know what it was. Right. And, and they had a nameplate on their door. The blank family, because I can't remember his last name, but let's just call, let's just say the Whitman family. It's at the Whitman okay. family, right? And I said, is that your name on the door? And he was like, shh, please. Everybody, you know, everybody, whatever. We get inside, we go to the basement. There's a device blowing. It's a big, like, long box. And he says, don't say anything. My brother's locked in. So I was like the hell are you talking about locked in? He says, just wait. His brother was mining Bitcoin in the basement of the house. His brother, wow. was, his brother was mining his own Bitcoin in the basement of the house. Wow. So Matt, his brother Ryan, me, and some other random guy, when we finally were able to go, because it was like it was like the steps and then the tables and then the rigs. Mm-hmm. We were standing there watching, and he says, when he lifts up his hand, we can come all the way down. Ryan went like this. We came all the way down. He said, what's up, man? Just a regular guy, tie-dye shirt, ripped jeans, just chilling. You know, here, top of the ponytail, beer cans all over the place, headphones, glasses, just the whole tech nerd, I mean, the entire thing. And um, he says, oh, you want some Bitcoin? You know, is that, is that why you're here? And I was like, 
yeah. What's up? Like, you know, how much is it? What, what are we doing? He was, so he breaks it down. He was like, relax. You knew nothing about it. I knew nothing about it. I'm like, yeah, what's up? You know, where are they? And he was like, it's it's digital. It's digital currency. And I was like, oh, so it's like Digimon. Because the Digimon was a cartoon. Like, no, 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 fool. It's like, it's digital money. It's, it's on a blockchain. It's not like, so I don't know what he's talking about. I'm just getting excited. So he says, listen, get some money and come back and I'll mine you some Bitcoin. I'm like, all right, whatever. So me and Matt are becoming friends. We're becoming friends. We're talking every night. We're hanging out. He's teaching me about Bitcoin. Now, am I paying attention? No. I'm playing the game. I'm doing homework. I'm not, you know. Right, you're not paying attention because you're not paying for it. I'm paying for it. So you we're don't going pay, from, you don't pay attention. Exactly. So we're going from 11th to 12th grade. So now we're back to 12th, no, back to senior year. So I meet the real estate agent towards, I believe it was around February to March and I didn't I didn't get started in real estate until the summer because remember I couldn't get my license because I was still 17. Yes. Right. So tax season comes around. Matt says we're gonna buy Bitcoin. I need you to get some money. I says how many? He says we're gonna buy a lot. Now Matt is rich. It's obvious Matt is rich. I'm not well, I'm not as rich as him. Like, I don't, we don't, you know, we don't have what he has. Right, so right, right. I just asked, how many coins are you going to buy? He says around two to 3,000 coins. I said, okay, so I'll just, I'll try to buy a thousand. How much money is that? He says, well, let's just say it's a dollar per coin. This is the most money I've ever asked for in my life. I go to grandma. I say, grandma. I need a thousand dollars. She starts laughing right in my face. Like, what? What do you need this money for? Did she give it to you? Watch this. I say, I want to invest in Bitcoin. And she froze. She said, You want to what? I want to invest. She said, No, 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 no. What's the word you just said? Bitcoin. She said, No. You want to invest? She said, yeah. I said, yeah. She said, sit down. My grandmother says, I knew from when you were younger that you were going to be different. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm just listening. Like, okay, here, here we go with another speech. I'm about to get in trouble. Or so I think. She says to me, I used to work on Wall Street. And I learned a lot about investing. I used to work at banks. I used to work at law firms and everything. She said, do you know no one in this family has ever thought about investing? I'll give you however much you need. She gave me $1,000. Did you buy 1,000 so coins? I bought 1,000 Bitcoin. And how much? And they were, worth, they were worth they were, what then? They were worth a dollar at the, at the time. So in April of 2011, April, Marches, I bought a thousand Bitcoin. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. you know the next question. Mm-hmm. So what'd you do with them? I forgot about them, to be honest. Now, they hit $4 towards the end of the year. Right. And I have actual proof. I have screenshots because... I was on Facebook at the time. 
and right. I post I posted everything. So I posted when I bought Bitcoin. I posted uh, when certain changes happened because Matt was telling me, not because I was watching it. So when Matt would call me and say, "Yo, our, our coins are going up," I would say, "Okay, Facebook, hey, our, our coins are going up." So, yeah. <clears throat> but also I started college. So I started at Nia College. So I don't care about these little coins. Right. It's just. It's just so what'd you do with them? So they stayed in. They used to be in a cold wallet, which was offline, and I got them in a hot wallet. Now, to be to give him his credit, Ryan did all of that for me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't paying attention. He only he gave me so my first wallet ever was. And I'm, and I'm going to get the name, actually, because I, I always forget the name. But it was uh, Electrum. Electrum. So before there was a Coinbase and all these things, Electrum was like the first company to allow you. Sorry, that's Alexa. <laughs> but the first wallet that I knew of uh, that was like a hot wallet was Electrum. So he put all the coins in Electrum, the wallet. Gave my uh-huh. Bitcoin address. And he said, email this to yourself. Because you're going to forget it. So and you Ryan did. Said to me, I did. I emailed the Bitcoin address to myself and you know all the information that he gave me. Yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. But I forgot about it. Life happens. I'm trying to make money. I'm still trying to wholesale. I didn't close a deal. I'm getting little odd jobs. And I'm at Rite Aid one day. This is now in 2012. 2012, pushing 2013. I've been wholesaling the entire time, but not really making any money. And this is where life changes. Remember, Bitcoin, I forgot about Bitcoin. Right, 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 right. Wallet, I'm not even paying attention to it. I get a phone call at Rite Aid. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a, it's a, I can't remember if it was Legacy Title or the firm. And mm-hmm. I, I really regret forgetting because I want to thank them. They called mm-hmm. me and said, listen, you know, your deal closed. You, you got to come pick up your check. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this means. I don't, it didn't, it doesn't register what this means. Remember, I've never closed a deal before. And this mm-hmm. is why, I, you know, I, I really make sure I tell people the truth. It, I wasn't some super genius who had this all planned. I was just trying to make money. So when she said this, I just go to the office because mm-hmm. I'm told to go to the office. Uh-huh. You're young, you just follow instructions. You don't really know what's happening. So all I all I said to my manager was, "Hey, I have to go downtown. Um, one of my deals closed." And she was like, "You can't leave. You better leave on lunch or something." So I said, "All right. Well, it's just it's downtown. It's a few stops away on the J train. I worked at Rite Aid in Brooklyn, uh-huh. right at Multi Street." She says, "Listen, go on your lunch and come right back." I said, "All right." I go to the office and everybody is smiling. So I'm like, they said the deal closed. Like, I don't know that closing is a good thing. So I said, hey, you know, my name is Soho Brown. Uh, you guys just called me, told me to come to the deal close. Oh, yeah, here you go. And she hands me an uh, a envelope. Hands me an envelope, right? Gives me the envelope. I take the envelope. I'm like, all right, you know, what's this? She said, it's a check. I'm like, it's a what? Now, I know what a check is because I work at Rite Aid. I get checks. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She said, she said, hold on. The, the lawyer comes out. Not the lawyer that I met, but a different lawyer. 
He's a zebra. Hey, little man, don't scream. Because, you know, people always scream when they get paid. Hey, we don't, you can't scream in this room. I'm like, I ain't screaming. What you talking about? I get back on the elevator. I open it. It's $14,000. I start screaming. <laughs> I start screaming. Like, Even when they tell you not to. I start screaming. But I'm in the elevator, so it's good. So I have my moment. I get back on the train. You know, I'm, I'm like holding on to the check for dear life. I wound up going home. I, I, I didn't even go back to work. Like, I forgot. I had to go back. So was that a real estate deal that from, from the guy who taught you wholesaling? No. That was just a regular wholesale deal. I was calling people, you know, trying to get their, their property under contract, like I was told. And um, the gentleman who was buying the, uh, who I was reassigning the contract to, uh-huh. he, ch- he chose that uh, closing company. He closed that uh-huh. company. Uh-huh. So I just, remember, I don't know that I can choose my own. I, I don't know these resources. So he said, we're going to use this title company. They close quick. I'm like, all right, cool. I tell the seller, hey, by the way, we're using this company, not the one that you chose, whatever. I'm mm-hmm. really just following instruction. I'm mm-hmm. not in control of anything. I'm just trying to make some money. I, mm-hmm. Now I know I have the control, but back then I didn't know. So the buyer could have told me, you know, we're closing 10 days from now. I would have said, all right, let's do it. Right, 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 right. So I want to get back to the Bitcoin. What happened mm-hmm. to the Bitcoin? Bitcoin was Bitcoin comes back to me in 2016. So okay. now I'm closing deals. You know, thank God, 2015. You know, I make my first million. Now I'm 22, mm-hmm. and I just hold some over to a million dollars. Life is yep. you know, getting a lot better. Whatever. 2016 comes around. I'm hearing about this company called Coinbase. Mm. Coinbase comes around. I'm hearing about it not paying attention. I'm just like, oh, this is cool. You know, everybody's talking about Coinbase. Now, I'm thinking Coinbase is like another Facebook. I hear money, but I'm like, oh, it's probably something. You thought it was a social media platform. Yeah, because, you know, it's just, okay. that's what everybody, you know, talks about. I'm getting out the shower one day, vividly remember. I'm in my apartment, and I'm hearing two people talk. One is saying, you know, Coinbase, and I hear the word Bitcoin. Now, uh-huh. my brain starts to remember 2011, 2012. And I'm like, why does that sound familiar? So I call Matt. Matt, didn't we? And before I can, like, really get it out, he says, bro, did you see the price? And I was like, no. He says, yo, go check your wallet. And I'm like, my wallet, my wallet, my wallet, my wallet. Oh, the thing your brother gave me, yes. So I had, I now have to go through years of emails because his brother told me to do what? Email, email it to yourself. Mm-hmm. I email it to myself. I do the whole thing of getting my coins from Electrum to Coinbase. I made a Coinbase account. Matt helped me. And he was like, yo, look at the price. Look at the price. Look at the price. It was $11,000 per coin. Mm. I had just made $11 million. Just like that. Just like that. What did you do? Nothing. What did you think? Oh, my God. I'm rich. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm rich. This is 2016. Now, I had a mentor at the time named Richard Law. 
Richard helped me open up all of my bank accounts at TD Bank because my credit was like horrible because I made the amateur mistake of getting a credit card in college. No, yes. that's, that's, yeah, that's the norm, right? At the table, hey, free credit card, $500. Yeah. yeah. Go for it. So, you know, I was so, scared so, to so, so you're $11 million richer, mm-hmm. and now you're trying to open up a bank account. Yes, another one. I had a regular bank account, but I'm like, no, yeah, I, yeah, need, yeah. I need, like, I don't want anybody to, I don't know, some just said you, you got to open up a new bank account. So I went to TD Bank. I met Richard Law, but he was with TD Ameritrade. I got you. So mm-hmm. I went, I basically went to the wrong person, but we built a relationship. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he told me about like, you know, trading and Forex, yeah. stocks, whatever, anyway, blah, blah, blah. So he helped me open up a regular bank account. I tell him what happened with the money. And he says, oh, hold it. He said, hold it. I've got like six, 7,000 coins. Hold it. I was like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, I've got like six, 7,000 coins. Hold it. Bitcoin is going to get way higher. Don't sell it. I'm like, bro, I only have a million dollars. This is 11 million. Like, what do you, what do you mean? He's like, trust me, hold it. He was like, I'm, and he used to always ask me, am I going to steal you wrong? And I'd be like, no. So I did not sell it. I held it for a long time. In fact, I just sold it in 2021. All of it? All of it. No. All of it. I sold every single coin in 20, 2011. May 15, 2011. Wow. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you wish you would have held on to any of it? No, because it dropped. It's, it's at 40, it's like 40,000 now. Now, I, I do have some extra coins, but not that many. Like, I have a few. Just yeah, to, yeah, like, yeah. You know, you know, yeah. I got some Bitcoins. But the majority of my coins are gone. Now, the actual number I bought was 1,046 coins. So oh. I still have the 46, but I sold the 1,000. Like, I was known for having 1,000 coins. Like, it was a big deal. Yeah. But um, I sold it. I sold, I sold all 1,000. So what are you doing now? I am teaching other people about real estate. Because, uh, you know, it, it, it changed my life. It, like it actually changed my life. It did. And I think I think now now that I'm older, I really appreciate the impact that real estate has had on my life, not even financially, but just like just to think about something to do when you're in the when you're growing up in the hood and how far it can take you. And I mm-hmm. said, man, if it can happen for me with not that much technology and not that much advancements, imagine what you know, a kid my age in the hood could do now. Right. I mean, you know, you know, back then I did everything from a phone and the library computer before I had my computer. So just imagine, I mean, these kids, they got TikTok. You could find buyers on TikTok. Like it's crazy thing. When I'm teaching people, I'm telling them you can use every single resource. There's Facebook groups, there's Instagram, there's everything. There are so many ways you can make money through real estate, especially wholesale. So I think about the average person and, you know, if they don't have any money, there's a free option that I do. If they have a little bit of money and they want to use their money to make some money, there's an option for that. But my heart's desire is to not recreate my story, 
but enhance theirs because you're, you're supposed to go through things, but there's mm-hmm. a point where change has to happen. And that's right. really what I right. went through the experience. I went through the same thing you went through, but a change happened. And so I'm really, mm-hmm. I'm really the vision implementer. Like, hey, what do you want to do? I have an option for you that changed my life and I think it'll change yours. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm doing now. Uh, to date, I, I can do- tell you. Yeah, go ahead. I can tell you do you do it because that's what you love to do and it's a passion, not because you need the money. Yeah, no, I, I if if there were no money involved, I'd still do it. I'd still do yeah. it. Um, today I have a real estate wholesaling company slash uh, firm, and so what we do is we provide the option to sellers and buyers. We work with both. We don't just work with the sellers; we work with the buyers as well. Okay. And um, we I created it like a network. So I have a network of buyers who want deals and I have a network of sellers who are try, always trying to sell. And um, a lot of times I'll cold call somebody, hey, you know, I understand you're trying to sell, sell your house. I've got a network of buyers in your city. And I'll connect yeah. them for a small fee. You know, I'm not really doing the, oh, pay me 60, 70,000. You know, it's just, so whatever works for the deal, I'll take that. And I mean, that does shock a lot of people because they think because you've made a lot of money, you know, in real estate that you're supposed to make the bulk of the deal. And it's like, it's not really the case. I don't mind leaving a bunch of equity in the deal. Uh, you know, my minimum is 5,000. And so a lot of my deals are $5,000. And when I say that, people look at me like, oh my God, you can make 25, you can make 50. Well, it's not about the money. It's a company. We have visions, we have values. And our values are to help people. And I think, you know, me taking 50, 60,000 every single time shies away from the vision of my, of my company, which is to help the seller and the buyer accomplish a goal. We help you accomplish a goal. We facilitate the deal. And I think that mixed with, you know, remaining humble is really why I am where I am today company-wise. For sure, mm-hmm. for sure. So this is what I want want you, want you to do now, okay. Mr. Soho Brown. Let's do it. <laughs> I want you to speak to, speak to that 14, 15 year old mm-hmm. young black male mm-hmm. who just probably grew up without his father or just had some traumatic things going on in a bad environment. And they may be listening, their parents may be listening. I don't know. Mm-hmm. May pass this along to them. Right. Right. I want you to speak to that per- that person. Okay. What you're going through now. <clears throat> It's hard. And for a while, it's not going to get better. A lot of people are going to tell you, oh, it'll get better. Stay focused. No. Go through it. It's a part of your journey. You were chosen for this specific moment. And everything that you've gone through is called a test. And it creates what's called a testimony. The reason I want you to stay focused is because you won't see the testimony if you're not focused go through it but pick something and stick with it so if you are the young man who's in the park playing basketball playing basketball put up 100 shots go through life or put up those 100 shots if you want to be a scientist be in your school's lab as much as possible if you want to be a lawyer stay in the library those of you who know you can find a law, law library get there whatever your desire and goal is stick to it now because it's gonna pay off later it may not feel like it now 
right? I may just sound like some guy just talking and, you know, he just sounds like everybody else telling me it's going to get better. I'm living proof that it's going to get better. If it can happen for me, it can happen for you. And of course, if you're interested in real estate and you're 18 and under, go ahead and shoot me a DM and I'll do for you what somebody did for me. That's it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, of course. Now, how can everybody how can everybody reach you? Contact you. At Soho Brown on all platforms, or you can just go to my website, SohoBrown.com. You can connect me there. There's, there's a contact form. You know, even if you don't want to do business, you want to just say what's up, just come say what's up. And uh, and we can talk. I'm a very, I'm a very nice guy. You know, I talk to everybody. And um, you know, for, for those listening, uh, really, really, when you reach out, really have a vision in mind. Because if not, I'm gonna give you one. <laughs> but really have your vision in mind, because I do have a passion for helping people take that vision to the next level, in whatever way that is. Thank you again. Oh, it sister. is. It's, it, thank you so much. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure, honestly. Yeah. Absolute pleasure. All right, guys. See you next episode.